0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, Tyler. Uh, How you doing, buddy?
1: Pretty good. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, Tyler is currently uh, serving in the Air Force right now. So thank you for your service. I appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh,
0: So today I have you on to talk about this bad boy right here in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. But before we get into that, how did you become a fan?
1: Oh, I was about five years old, and I remember hearing uh, "It's My Life" on the radio. Uh, so I'm pretty young, and obviously that uh, album was a very instrumental album, and that single into bringing in the younger generation of fans. And I was uh, one of those kids that uh, remember hearing it, and you know being laced in by the that Talkbots on "It's My Life." So ever since then, it's been been uh, my number one band
0: yeah that's the same thing for me i uh the video i was eight when it came out and i just got hooked on it and yeah you know, at the crush it just what an incredible album that God. was yeah. but anyway so we are going to talk about new jersey which mm-hmm. is the band's fourth studio album the last 80s album of theirs uh which was released on september 19th 1988. it was produced by uh, bruce fairborn they started to record this album, I think three to four weeks after the Slippery One Wet Tour ended. So as you and I both know, you know John's vocals towards the end of that tour, uh, no fault of his own, just the constant touring, uh, you know, his vocals were pretty um, beaten up uh, towards the end of the Slippery Tour. So I'm surprised that they kind of went back into the studio to record this so quick um You know, you know, Donna said many times that this album was an album that they wanted to prove that they weren't just a fluke because, you know, the debut in 7800 weren't huge, uh, but Slippery was, and they wanted to prove that they weren't, you know, one hit wonder or, or fluke or anything like that. um What amazes me of, uh, about this album is that this was actually going to be a double album back then. And the, the, record company said no to it because they would have to charge a higher price on the album because it was a two cd thing and uh so they said no to it but i, I thought it would have been really cool to have a two two hour al- two disc two vinyl album um so that was pretty cool and it yeah. was actually supposed to be called sons of beaches as well did you know that
1: i did not know that no
0: oh now you do, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of glad they did not go with that though, because I think it would have been kind of kind of weird, you know. So I, I think New Jersey is the uh, is the cool title, you know, because it shows who, where they're from and yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so what's uh, what's your connection with this album? What do you what do you like about it?
1: Uh, well, I mean, really top to bottom, like every single track, there's not really a weak one on there. Um, I was just, I was looking at the back of uh, the vinyl and the cover of it today. And I mean, the very first track is Lay Your Hands On Me. And it's such a like arms in the air, you know, pop and rock of uh, uh, rock anthem where, you know, you just get the vibe of an arena. And just everybody you know, singing along to it, which is what they've been doing for the last 30 something years with that song when they play it live. All the right. way down to uh, Love for Sale, they have a couple songs in there that are very uh, dynamic and different. And I know uh, 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 Ride, Cowboy Ride was uh, recorded in mono. So just like those cool things that they do throughout the record. On top of it being a very pop metal sounding record. And then, you know, slowing it down a little bit so those ac- acoustic blues grass kind of feel to it too so it's pretty cool
0: yeah and one of the things I like about it too you know like how simple yet huge the artwork is you know it, I mean it's just bland you know the front and the back is just bland you know and the band really they didn't really didn't do a lot of photography for the actual album shoot I mean they did photograph sessions later on but like you know like this one is such like a huge Uh, famous picture you know a a bridge Um, so yeah Um, and then before we get into the tour and the songs I want to talk about the super deluxe edition that was reissued in um, 2014 I believe Mm -hmm. so there's you get the regular uh, deluxe edition it has the original album remastered and then it has this they called it the Son of Beaches demos, which was, I think some of them were supposed to be uh, the second. Yeah. The second part of the album. Uh, but like songs like uh, Judgment Day, Full Moon High, Growing Up the Hard Way. Let's Make a Baby, I was never too crazy about.
1: No, uh, again, Growing Up the Hard Way was one of my favorites of those demos. I,
0: I love that. Um, love Hurts, Back Door to Heaven. Now and Forever is one of my favorites. That mm-hmm. were does Anybody Really Fall in Love Anymore? Uh, stick to Your Guns demo was really good. Um, one f- fun fact, though, is House of Fire. I lo- You've obviously heard of House of Fire, right?
1: It's been, it's been a while since I've listened to it. Yeah, to It's
0: funny because that one was given to Alice Cooper because mm-hmm. they decided to put on the album. Same thing with I Think It's Full Moon High. Might be a different song, but I think it's Full Moon High that was given to share
1: as well. It's funny how all those lined up because those two artists had really big albums those years too. When they released this album, Uh, Alice Cooper with Trash, and John and Richie were actually on a couple of the singles of that album too. So it's kind of cool how that all flows together.
0: Yeah, you know, so in in 2014, they they released both you know the super deluxe and the deluxe, and I was so glad that they did that because we got some demos, we got the outtakes. And uh, one other thing too that I love about that they included was the diamond ring uh, demo, which was actually later released on These Days. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer this version of These Days on this album more than I do on uh, the These Days version. I just like the way the drums sound and the the guitar and you know.
1: Yeah. No, they they definitely implement the guitar in the. I know they had that song written for a long time, and they were just kind of fine tuning it into the way that they wanted it to, and that's what they did for these days. But I really like the broken down stripped version of it, Uh, uh, New Jersey, with a little more of Richie involved uh, in the instrument, and then as opposed to like the soft acoustic, like piano version.
0: Yeah, I I think the these days version of Diamond Ring was more uh, John and Richie. Yeah, Um, but you know the New Jersey demo of it was very band type Mm -hmm. sound um so let's let's talk about the tour uh obviously you and i we were not alive yeah (laughs) this tour and i wish we were at least say that for me you know i i wish i could have seen them during the 80s and you know we we both know that new jersey tour was the one that really burned them out because they kept they kept going i mean they toured this album from october of 88 to february of 1990 um So, and there were plans that they were going to also release a live album, which wasn't a thing bands were doing back then. And that's that's one of the things they wanted to do to stand out was do a live album. Um, But sadly, the record company shot that down too, I guess. That's what I've
1: heard. Yeah, that would have been cool to hear because we don't have many of those uh, live tracks from that decade of, you know, they were huge.
0: I know, and, and, you know, man, I, I really hope we get it one day, you know, yeah, I... like, just, like just like another, you know, I wish they would have done that for these New Jersey uh, deluxe editions back a few years ago, you know, include that live album. I mean, that would have been really, really cool. But um, another thing that is really cool that stands out from this era and tour is um, the Access All Areas. Mm-hmm. too um you've obviously seen this uh you know it's it's a full-on you know behind the scenes documentary I, I love that kind of stuff you know you, you they follow them through uh parts of the tour um and it's, it's really cool you know you, you kind of get an insight uh of why they're the biggest rock and roll band um one thing that i really like about this access all areas too is there's a part in the um VHS that they're singing I'm a fighter for love I'm a fighter for you or, or something like that and it's just John and Richie and two guitars in a hotel room I always wondered if that was their song that they had made or if it was a cover I don't think it's a cover I think it's their own song
1: just them kind of busking in a hotel room <laughs> yeah.
0: And so I, you know if I could pick any song to really hear it would be that one because I think it's such a good song I think there was a lot of potential in it but uh, sadly there no light of day to it. Um so obviously, you know, this tour ended at the end, uh, February of nineteen ninety, and this is kind of when the band went separate ways, not due to well, I'm sure there was some fighting involved, but they were just exhausted. Yeah. So, you know, this album and this tour really took a toll on them. So but uh let's uh let's start digging into the track, shall we? Sounds good. All right uh first track is "Lay your Hands on Me," which is the fourth single which was released on august first nineteen eighty nine I believe uh, it was written by john and Richie. uh This is like the Johnny's church of rock and roll song you know like this is i think this is the connection between the band and the fans
1: mm-hmm.
0: via concerts you know what what's your what's your opinion on this song?
1: Well, I mean, it's a great rock and roll song. It's a great, like, soulful, hard rock song. I love uh, the guitar solo in it. It's one of their songs from that era where they kind of extend the guitar solo. It's a longer one. And, you know, Richie, in my eyes, is one of the most underrated guitar players of all time. And you can really hear it in that song. Uh, And I don't understand when you listen to that song why he's so underrated, because that guitar solo is one of the, I think, one of their best guitar solos and uh, you know the only thing that i always get disappointed about in this track and it's not the studio track it's when they play it live how they have stopped doing the drum intro to it and i would be you know just to bring it back you know just once or every once in a while to you know include the the tico introduction to it i think that would be amazing i've seen i've seen the band four times live and the last three times they've played the song live and it's great every time but uh you know, never has it. You know, they haven't done it, and I don't know how long. But that intro, and then I like when they would do that, and then have David Bryan come in on the keys, and and Tika would play off of each other, and then they would go into the song, kind of a thing. You know, I, I wish I could see that, but I know that's probably never going to happen. So
0: yeah, you never know. I mean, it, it was so good because you you, you kind of saw, you know, a lot of people would focus on the John and Richie chemistry, mm-hmm. them blending together, but like you said, that intro with that david and tico you saw their chemistry mm-hmm. and then you add on richie later on in it, it was so good and you know the intro too is so good on this album it's a good way to start off the album you know because it's it's a faded out in the beginning of the boom 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 heck, you know and then it starts to increase and you hear john's you know talking in the background and then it's just it's such a good song to start off the album and like you said richie's solo in it too is amazing
1: yeah um you know, it's, it's a phenomenal track and you know i'm surprised that that song didn't reach number one <laughs>
0: i know what do you think of the music
1: video uh it's it's a cool one uh I, with john up in the rafters you know starting off and then you know getting the fans involved in it is pretty cool um like that's that's one of the reasons why i wish i would have been alive for that time to just experience a concert like that
0: yeah and you know like you said the rafters you know that that would have been a cool stage setup you know to yeah. be out in the middle of the arena and then you know seeing john you know up on the rafters and being that close and you know really cool
1: you know frequently on that tour two with that song he would start underneath the stage and then during the intro and then when the you know the big pop from the song comes out when they do the guitar introduction solo kind of a thing but he would jump up from under the stage like with a bunch of fireworks which we obviously know it wouldn't happen and hasn't happened in the last twenty five years or whatever, but you know, just to be <laughs> able to those kinds of things would have been very cool to be a part of.
0: Yeah. Uh so, you know, like I said, you know, this song is really a true rock and roll type. Yeah. You know, between you know, it's a song between John and the fans, you know, about lending loose and freeing your mind and just loving rock and roll. Um what Do you have a favorite lyric on this song? Uh,
1: don't you know I only aim to please. That, I love that coming out of the guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. I
0: love that one. Mine's, uh, if you show me how to get up off the ground, I can show you how to fly and never ever come back down.
1: Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah.
0: You can take that in many yeah. different ways, different interpretations. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: mine is, I take it as, you know, loving the music so much and that's what gets you off the ground and keeps you going and stuff that's how i interpret it it's for me,
1: how i've always done too
0: yeah uh let's jump to the next track which this is actually my favorite hit song uh bad medicine i absolutely love seeing this one live
1: yeah
0: it was actually the first thing, and I think it was the perfect first single, too, for this album. It was the first single, which was released on September 3rd of 1988. It was written by John Ritchie and Desmond Child. Um, one of my favorite things about this song is David's keys. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, I just I just love that. Then the way that Tico and Ritchie come in after that, you know. Um, so What's your what's your take on this song?
1: Uh, Well, I mean... It was one of their number ones, and it's for a good reason. I mean, uh, everything from the guitar, like that lick during the during the verses that he has with the slide and the pinky and the. I, I've tried learning it, and it's so hard to play, and it's yet so simple. Uh, but that's what makes it so great. And then it's a great guitar solo too. Like I love. I'm a huge guitar guy, so like I always look at everything from the perspective of how the song's written and arranged with the guitar, and i mean the first two songs right off the bat it's and and what cool thing about this song too is you know how richie didn't have the lick for it until like last minute when they recorded it like he just popped up with, like i got it and then they played it and then that was on the record like it's just amazing
0: mm-hmm. and you know th- and this song too has like like really no meaning behind i mean it's it's more of like a tongue-in-cheek type thing you know i like sexual and...
1: Yeah, very you know, A- sexual type of feel to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, addiction to love and you can't get enough, you know, So, but it, it's so good and you know what I love about this song Live, too, and that John has done over the years uh, yeah. is he would mix different jukebox songs, you know, mm-hmm. like old-time rock and roll or um, Start Me Up. Well, Start Me Up was also but I'm Dead, but, uh you know, Twist and Shout mm-hmm. as well. You know, I love how he incorporated different songs into the song live. And it's just, you know, just one of those favorite songs I love seeing live. Uh, Music videos. There were two music videos, but they kind of coincided with each other. So there was one, and you probably already know this, uh, there was one with um, the regular record company music Mm -hmm. video. And then they also did one with... um, fans so they gave fans cameras to go yeah. and shoot and so you got their point of view uh so that was pretty cool which one do you prefer more
1: uh i mean i, I think i can't remember i don't think i've seen that one from the pan, the fans perspective but oh. uh i mean the music video itself is really cool because it's like you know it's a it's a very typical 80s music video you know where it's like it looks like it's in concert kind of a thing yeah and, you know, it kind of is, but they're recording it for the sole purpose of the music video. But just that that vibe to it, and like the the '80s party going on on the stage kind of thing. So yep. I mean, it's great. It's a great music video because it's just it it really you know caps off uh, the end of the decade for them and their style of writing. I think.
0: Yeah, um, and then another fun uh, thing about this video too is that there's two cameos in the beginning when they're outside waiting in line. You have uh, Sam Kinison mm-hmm. whole spiel about the same music video over and over with all these bands, and then you also have John's brother Matt. Yeah, he's he's in it too. I think he I think he's wearing a blue shirt in it, and you know, so that, it was kind of cool to see that incorporated uh, as well. Uh, do you have a favorite lyric on this song? Gosh.
1: Uh... I mean, there's the, the whole song is so good uh, I love coming out of the solo and it's that whole that the first two verses right after the solo where it's like it sounds like he's just singing it all in one breath. Because, you know, when I when I'm in my car and I'm playing it and I got it turned up all the way and I'm trying to rattle it off too, it's like I run out of breath halfway through and I'm like, how the hell did he do this?
0: Yeah, I know. That, that's my favorite uh, line. I need a respirator because I'm running out of breath for your all-night generator wrapped in stockings and a dress. I love that. Even saying it, it gets you out of breath. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's just such a good sign. I love putting this in my, my workouts too uh, mm-hmm. when I'm working out and stuff because it's one of those – like if I have a, a day around I'm not feeling up to working out and stuff, I'll put this in my playlist and it, it just – it pumps me up. Yeah, it's
1: a good one. <laughs>
0: Same thing live, too. I mean, it just gets you going, you well, know
1: and there the, Is there a doctor in the house to the beginning of the song too. Uh, everybody? Knows what's coming kind of a thing too. Yeah,
0: we know what's coming it's a, yeah.
1: it's a great. It's a great song live
0: Sure is uh, Let's go to the third track uh, Born to be my baby, which was the second single released on November 24th 1988 yeah, I think it's eight. yeah uh, It was written by John and Richie um, you know, and I think the whole song I think it was another I think it was kind of like a sequel indirectly, uh to Living on Our Prayer with the whole Tommy and G- Tommy and Gina thing. Uh, you know, the whole song's about struggling to survive but sticking together and getting through it together, you know, pretty much living on our prayer. Yep. In, in a way. Uh so what's what's your take on, on the song?
1: Uh this song just like the sound of it it kind of you can kind of feel the change you know how they go from you know maybe that slippery era sound of more heavier and hard rock anthony sound to more of that pop style and uh i mean it's still a you know a rock song but it, you can hear the the transition from the first two tracks into what they kind of have, and maybe foreshadowing down the road and how they're gonna transition their sound kind of a thing. Still keeping the roots of that time in the song too. So yeah. it's a very, you know, the lyric is really good. And the, I love the na, 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 that yeah. part of the song too. So With the
0: two, three, four, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great song. And they, they play it live just about every night. Yep. I mean, they could play the whole album live just about every night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know what else I love about this song, and I wish they would have released the audio version of this. But if you watch the music video, and and, and I keep talking about what bands weren't doing at this time, Bon Jovi were, were finding ways to do things a little differently. So in this music video, the audio is different in the first minute. You yeah. know, they'll cut off like the drums and the vocals. You just hear the guitar, or you, when, they're, when they're doing the whole na 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 na, the whole yeah. band is there singing that that nap nap part and so i thought it was kind of cool that they were showing themselves in the studio as well and like how it works to make a song and yeah because a lot of bands you know were they were touring and all their music videos were the same on the stage making the music video you know like a concert you know so i was glad that they made a video of not just at, at, on a stage, you know, like what it takes to be in the studio. Yeah. So, um, my favorite lyric is, uh, "If we stand side by side, there's a chance we'll get by." I know that you'll live in my heart till the day that I die. Yeah.
1: What's,
0: what's your favorite lyric? Uh, I make a lyric book in front of you.
1: Yeah. No, I got it right here because I. I mean, no, I could literally read off this whole album. Work. It and sing it along, but uh light a candle, blow the world away. Table for two on a TV tray. That that whole one, right? There, my favorite in the whole song. Like that really for me, it's always connected to me more so than any part of that song. Right,
0: you know, and like I was saying earlier too, my take on the meaning of the song is you know being together through the good and the bad. And I think that your favorite lyric that you just said too really proves that meaning. You know, not having much, but having each other, and that's enough you know so yeah uh next track uh is living in sin which was the fifth single uh which was released on november 11th 1989 it was written just by john and uh you know this whole song is and in a way i think he was writing about dorothea you know because during the new jersey tour he uh just got up and one day married Dorothea in Vegas uh, but obviously this was written before that and so I think he was in a way right about Dorothea in a way um, you know so the whole song is about that nobody can get the, nobody can stop a relationship you know like in the you know, like the lines in the song no license no preacher you know sign on the line type thing um, pretty much having each other even though no one else approves. You know, that's my whole take on the on the song. What's yours? What, what do you think of the song?
1: Yeah, I, I, you nailed it right on the head there. That That's the whole meaning of the song, you know, and uh, I remember him, talk, I forget what documentary it is, it might have been uh, uh, from their Lost Highway uh, tour, their concert DVD from Madison Square Garden, when he's talking about when him and Dorothea got married, and you know they just did it they went to they got married in vegas without anybody really knowing and people were angry at them for doing that and you know it was him saying you know i don't care what you think you know and i really think that that's what the song is about too you know it's him not caring about what other people think it's just him and her kind of a thing
0: yeah
1: it's gonna connect to a lot of people and it did that's kind of a a diehard fan favorite song even though they don't play it much anymore yeah a lot of people love that song off this record.
0: And, uh, you know, it, it, if we're looking at the flow of the album, too, is you, you know, the first two tracks, Layered Hands on Me and Batman, are the fun rock songs. And then you get Born to Be My Baby and uh, Living in Sin. And tracks three and four, you know, are all about being together and sticking together and stuff like that. So I, I, think, I, I think the flow of this album is really good as far as these first four songs. Um, you, you were talking about it live. Uh, I love the way that it's played live, especially that intro when it's just Tico.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, you know? And then all of a sudden, David starts hitting the keys, and then John comes in with vocals. Uh, one thing I really loved they did, especially during the Lost Highway Tour, was when they did Chapel of Love yeah. at the end. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that was good, and, you know addition to it um music video this is when i was a kid you've obviously seen the music video so it's about uh this girl sneaking away from her catholic upbringing mm-hmm. um, sneaking away with this guy obviously no one else approves so when i was a kid just because he had long hair i always thought if a guy had long hair he was old older yeah because he didn't have parents to tell him no yeah. So I always thought that this guy was like 30 years old, and because this girl was with her parents and at home, I thought she, she was 17 or something like that. I thought that this guy was like a pedophile in a yeah. way.
1: Yeah. The music video brought a different interpretation to the song. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so as I got older, I realized that this guy and this girl were the same age.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't know why I thought that when I was a kid. But it's a good video. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, yeah. it really uh like you said, it kinda pulls away from what the song's about, but actually yeah. goes back to what the song's about.
1: Yeah, I think I think that was the nature of 80s music videos though.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I kept thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, how how are her parents letting him get away with sleeping with her when he's 30? You know, then I realized they're the same age. <laughs> No, so that's my uh, that's my joke for
1: the night, I guess.
0: Uh do you have a favorite lyric on this one? Yeah,
1: that opening line. I don't need no license to sign on no line, and I don't need a preacher to tell me you're mine. That's my favorite.
0: I love that one too, and that, that's like what the whole song is about. You know, you don't need anyone. Yeah. For permission, you know. Minds that is it right for both our parents who fight it out most nights, then pray for God's forgiveness when you both turn out the lights, or wear that ring and diamond when your heart's made of stone. You can talk but still say nothing. You stay together but alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's another view of a relationship of like the like in this music video where these parents, you know, they don't look so happy with each other, you know, but they they stay together because that's what they're told to do, you know, but this younger couple they want to be together and they look at this older couple saying what do you know you know you're not happy with each other but we are you know so does that make sense yeah that's my whole interpretation of that lyric Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um but let's get to the next next track which is blood on blood it was written by john Richie and desmond child and this is truly a brotherhood
1: song as we know um it's, One of my top favorites on this record
0: yeah what's what's your take on this song
1: uh I mean I listened to this song so much when I was in high school because I had a really close group of friends uh, a few of us and uh, actually right after we graduated high school we got uh, the four of us all got similar tattoos and I wanted ours to say around it blood on blood but they didn't understand because No, they listen to horrible music and they don't listen to the same music I do. But I I was trying to explain to them, you know, how we're all brothers and friends, but we're not blood brothers, but we're like blood on blood kind of a thing. Like, oh, okay. And then that didn't surface into anything, but (laughs) it was based off the song, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a a great song. Um, Live, I've heard it live once, and I was so pumped when I got to see it live because it's every once in a while that they'll put it in their set list
0: yeah yeah it, it was a great opener you know i don't think they've opened up with this song since 2011 or maybe yeah. even 13 but it was a great opener you know what i also like about it, i like it better in the middle of a set list because when you get john doing an acoustic at the beginning you know yeah. when he, it's just him and his guitar yeah. and they Bringing the whole band. I, I like that version
1: too. Yeah, he did that quite a bit on the Lost Highway tour I know um, yep. when I, uh, The only time I've seen the song live was uh, The first leg of the This House Is Not For Sale tour uh, The f- first time I saw them on that tour in St. Paul and uh, that was uh, the first song to open up uh, the encore and, yeah. uh, Funny story with that. So uh, Phil X was is playing with them and they started playing the song, but he messed up, and the lights hadn't come on yet, and they just stopped for like 10 seconds, and then they went back into the song and played it again, so it was kind of like, oh, 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 kind of a thing, but it was pretty funny.
0: I never noticed that. I'm gonna have to go back and, and uh, see that real quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if people edited that out of the of videos or something, but yeah, I re- remember that because I was so excited to finally see it live, and they started playing it, and like five seconds in, it. It, he messed up and then they stopped and started again because the lights hadn't come on yet and i could feel i felt so bad for him because i i knew that he was probably getting the the John Bon Jovi death glare
0: uh, yeah <laughs> that's okay you know that's what makes shows pure you know seeing mistakes like that and stuff you know makes it so proves it goes to show that you know mistakes happen they're perfect or they're not perfect and they uh are actually playing live they're not lip syncing and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, do you have a favorite lyric on this song?
1: Yeah, uh, well if I talked about my all-time favorite lyric in this song I might get a call from my mom later so I should probably change it. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the fake ID one was a good one that I, I love that part of it um, just because you know there it's just the innocence of being kids and wanting to that I think that's you know that resonates with every kid growing up and going through the teenage years, and that's what they really uh, capture in the lyrics of the song.
0: Yeah, you know, you're you're exactly right. You know, I'm, I'm glad you said that about you know innocence of kids because mm-hmm. my favorite lyric kind of resembles that too. Danny knew this white trash girl who threw yeah. in ten. She took us to a cheap motel and turned us into men.
1: Yeah, yeah. that was what I was going to say. But if my mom walks, euphoria. She might call me. <laughs>
0: yeah, and just the way that it's sung and played, you know, I I, I enjoy. You know, I, yeah. I like that. Uh, let's go to the next track, uh, Homebound Train, which is written by John and Richie. This song is kind of forgotten about. Mm-hmm. What I really like about this song is John plays the harmonica on it.
1: Yep. So the solo that goes back and forth between the keys
0: yeah and i want to go back to born and be my baby too because live he did it sometimes here and there with the harmonica and i thought that was great too yeah um you know this uh, this song i think john wrote when he was like on the road you know it's all about my interpretation i think it's all about being away from home and just focus on coming back home you know so like the homebound train is the tour bus or the airplane um You know, if you look at the lyrics, you know I think the lyrics are all about how life on the road has changed them from '83 up until '88. You know, what's what's your take on the song?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it just shows. Um, I think they wrote this song during the pre. Well, they were so close to the tour with Slippery uh, and Wet," so I, I think you can kind of see when they wrote this song along in that tour because it was towards the end of it. John was worn out. He basically didn't have a voice on that last part of that tour and y- You can see the like the how just exhausted and tired They were in the lyrics of the song and talking about just wanting to get home yep. and, you know, and then, you know mix that in with how the song is played. It's a phenomenal clash uh, My favorite part I don't even have like a favorite lyric in the song because I focus so much on Richie's guitar playing in this because it's so bluesy yet so hard rock and like almost metally. You, you you get the vibe that there's a eddie van halen influence in that because you hear a lot of the pinch harmonic and uh the vibrato in the solo and it's it's really cool to just how that stuff it's kind of similar to raise your hands on uh slippery it's yeah. just got that hard rock vibe but also in a very bluesy way and it's just you know with the latest Latest passing of Eddie Van Halen, you know, you, you just hear similarities in some of the styles, and it's kind of cool.
0: I never thought about that. Yeah, you're right. Now that yeah. you say that, yeah, I can see that.
1: You'll have to listen to it again, or whoever listens to this will have to listen to that with that going in because it's really cool. Because yeah. I, I, everybody from that era, you know, Eddie Van Halen was such a monumental role model in you know guitar playing, and you kind of, I, I think it's kind of like a tip of the cap with his own like bluesy version of it yet it still rocks the house down and i love this song it's a deep cut from this album but it's it's one that shouldn't be a deep cut i just think because it's on this album it's it's a deep cut
0: (laughs) Yeah. what's your favorite lyric on this one
1: uh i mean the chorus all the way back home on that homebound train i'm going down 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 kind of a thing I, i i i just like the you know, just the style and the way he sings it. It's my favorite part of it is the chorus. Don't bore us, get to the chorus, as he always says.
0: Yeah. Mine is, and I, I think this proves to what I think the song is about. Uh, when I was just a boy, the devil took my hand, took me from my home, made me a man. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, you know, I think the song is about where they started in 83 up into 88.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so I always wonder what his vision of what the devil was. Was the devil the machine? That they were on, you know, with the constant release and the touring and the promo and all that. And I think just like him learning to be a kid
1: yeah, um,
0: and a successful businessman, CEO, uh, which CEO didn't really have until 1992, but, you know, the head of yeah. what was Bon Jovi. Uh, so that's my interpretation. Yeah, mm-hmm. no,
1: I think that's spot on because, you know, from 1983 to 1988. 1988- five years they released four studio albums yeah that doesn't happen too much anymore and you can kind of it's just the fatigue of it and I think that machine that he's referring to is that and he refers to it in the devil's in the temple and this house is not for yep. sale. the record companies and just you know how it's a part of a machine and you feel like you don't own yourself your and you're making kind of a thing
0: yeah exactly uh, let's go to the next track All right. uh, is the wind which is one of my favorites on this album I just before we get into it, uh, this was written by John Ritchie, Desmond Child. And I'm not sure if it's credited on the album, but Ryan. Don Warren. Uh, is it credited on there? It is, Yep. I didn't even look at my, But, yeah, so uh, I, I think I've seen somewhere where John talked about, because it wasn't usual to have four songwriters on a song, and someone asked him, probably back in the 80s, and he goes, why did you add uh, – a fourth and he he goes that he thought this song deserved to have a woman's songwriting on it uh if that makes sense um but you know we never saw her again on any other songs i wish we did because i don't know how much input she had on this song but it was it's it's so good the lyrics yeah um you know but this whole song is about not being enough and giving it your all and that still not being good enough mhm And not having the courage to be a better person as well. You know, like, um, you know, like my favorite lyric uh, maybe a better man would live and die for you, but maybe a better man would never say goodbye to you. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that song. It's all about trying your best. You could be better, but you can't be better. And it's a song of defeat, pretty much. You know, what's your take?
1: Yeah. It it feels like you. The song, to me, you know, my perspective of it is you, you got this six foot hole that you can't get out of kind of a thing. Yeah. You, you feel like the, the dirt keeps piling on top of you no matter how hard you try. Um, and I yep. think the, the my favorite lyric, I think, it represents that in every sense of it. I gave you what you wanted. God couldn't give you what you need. You wanted more for me than I could ever be. You wanted heart and soul, but you didn't know, baby. Wild is the wind kind of a thing. Exactly. So I, I think it really, you know, resonates with that.
0: Yeah, and I love that intro, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, you know, I think it's just, I don't know if it's John, I think it's Richie. He's just playing the guitar and like, yeah. 30 seconds, and then the song comes in. So I was glad they kind of put that in there. Um, there's only one thing I would change about this song. What's I, that? I love this song. So if you look at the first chorus, the second, then the final chorus, the uh, the ending of the chorus is, you know, when they do the the wild is the wind. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I can describe it, but you know, like in the first end of the first chorus, he goes wild is the wind, and then it kind of stops and goes into the second. Yeah. Um, and the second chorus and the final chorus, it, it it's a continuous of the chorus. You know, it's different. You know, yeah. I, I should be more prepared on how to explain this, but yeah, no,
1: you'll, you'll, and that's why I like it though. Like so you, the reason what you would change for me that's why I like is because the chorus isn't it's not like a, a, a Chorus B chorus C chorus kind of a feel the chorus is still the same But the the lyrics in and of itself are just changed a little bit and that's what I kind of like about it
0: Yeah, okay So what I'm talking about is that you got to understand baby wild is the wind then it goes yep. to the second verse. Yep so Here's what I meant. So, in the second chorus, you know, wild is the wind that blows through my heart tonight that tears us apart yep. of that line. And so, I kind of wish, you know, I, I'm with you on what you said, but I kind of wish I was in the first chorus too, because it's like, a, and maybe it makes the song perfect because in the first chorus, it's kind of like a roller coaster, but doesn't get you quite to that top of emotion. Mm-hmm. But then the second chorus, you know, when it's about the, the night that tears us apart, that. Yeah top of the roller coaster and just takes you through the rest of that song. So maybe that was that's what makes the song so great, you know, it's just it's that emotion of a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's more of a emotional roller coaster ride than I'll be there for you is too. So I, it, like it like you said it takes you it, it's like a crescendo of, you know, reaching to the top of and you know, that climactic part of your emotions and it just brings you, and then you just kind of go up and down with, you know, wild is the wind, that's what it is.
0: Exactly, Uh, let's get to the next one, uh, which, you know, we were talking about uh, Ride Cowboy Ride, which was written by John Ritchie. And this is where I kind of wonder if this is where I'm a fighter, which is on the Access All Areas. I wonder if this is where I'm a fighter was kind of looked at or kind of started Ride Cowboy Ride, who knows? But it, it's just a true John and Ritchie song, it's a duet. Uh, and I, I love where it is on the track list of the sound because it is a great intro to stick to your guns, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. Um, yeah, my, yeah, this this song is kind of hard to understand what it's about because it's not that long of a song. and You're kind of like, what is this about? I, I think it's all about how to win a girl, you know, that's how, you know, how to win your girl. I I mean, what's your take on it? You know, I never...
1: For me, it's got that feel of, it's just a, it's like a a tour song. Like, they they just kind of, kind of made up on the fly, it feels like, just on the tour. Just playing their acoustic guitars and just coming up with lyrics on the way as they go. And I think it just, it's about that, that ride of touring, you know, kind of like, you know, all live before on tour on different tours they've introed that to wanted and i think it's a great and it's great for the track because stick to your guns to me is like this album's version of wanted even though it's not as big but yeah the, the, the songwriting you know kind of a thing for me it, it's a good like cowboy intro you know john's always been a fan of those you know cowboy western you know yeah. bi- and, it's just another one of those things on the next album and i uh, wish they played it live more because it would be a good intro into those types of songs you know whether it was "Wanna dead or alive stick to your guns or even if they did that to like blaze of glory yeah it live it would be it'd be a cool thing to see
0: yeah um my favorite lyric of this is i want to know the danger of a kiss at midnight yeah uh, which i still don't that's why i think the song is about when a girl because I'm I'm lost on the I I love the song I don't yeah. know what it's I think it's just like like you said on the fly type song What's your Do you have a favorite lyric on this one
1: uh, Yeah, I for me it's it's that whole opening It's ride cowboy ride through the back door to heaven Go the other side I want to know the danger of a kiss at midnight You know just kind of those things of you know I kind of wanted to be like a, a rebel kind of the thing If you want to think of it like that But you yeah, that's know, a good I, take. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a cool song. It's just a cool acoustic and the way they recorded it, too. It sounds like it's played on, like, an old, uh, you know, record set from, like, 1940 or something like that. Just the way it sounds. So, yep. it, it's a cool style that they did on the album. Much different from the rest of the album.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go to the next one, Stick to Your Guns, which is, this is actually in my top five of all favorite Bon Jovi songs. Okay. This probably be my third favorite song ever um it was written by john ritchie and holly knight which we never saw before or or after Uh, kind of reminds me like diane warren how the songwriting is so perfect you wonder if it was just john richard did most of it and they just kind of added to it or what but um the song is all about staying true to yourself and not let other things or, or or people drag you down you know and you know and my favorite lyric kind of proves that so you want to be the big time some people are going to drag you down there's no living in the backseat if you're going to drive through town when you pray for independence you better stand your ground
1: that's my favorite lyric in that song
0: Yeah <laughs> what what's your take on this song
1: Yeah I mean it's it's kind of one of those things where you know if you're going to talk you better walk kind of a thing that's yeah. kind of what I got from it and you know it's you right there it. in the title of it stick to your guns kind of a thing Yeah and, got that very cowboy you know feel like the wanted dead are alive and Yeah, place, glory it's just it's it's that style and it's, it was at that time you know when he was starting to get into acting too and everything was he was in young guns too and you know did all that stuff so it, it's very cool like just that style how he brings it all into one song and it's a very i think it's it's a it, it's my top three on this album but it's, it's not my top five overall, but it's a very good song. I, I really like the you know just the heavy power chord in the intro. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: and I, I think it's also kind of right. You know, when we said about you know they want to prove that they weren't a fluke and they wanted New Jersey to be even better than Slippery, I think this is somewhat of what that was about too. Because you know Bon Jovi is, is all about is all about this is who we are and we're not going to change for anyone. You know, right. so I think this is you know, sticking to your guns. Uh, unfortunately, the song doesn't get played live uh, very often.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, funny about that is that there's a, I forget where they played, when the, like, one of the last times they played it live, and fans held, the, yeah, the fans held it up on signs for the and lyrics. Flips. Yeah, and he flips off uh, one of the people holding it because it, they were blocking the view of it, and you see Richie in the background laughing because he's yeah. singing a the song and John doesn't know the words, so,
0: and it, it's sad because it's such a good song, and you kind of wonder why John never wanted to play it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, let's go to the next one, which is one of probably my third favorite ballad of theirs, "I'll Be There for You," which was the third single released on April fourth, nineteen eighty nine. It was written by John and Richie, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Richie talk about this. Richie. Wrote the bulk of this song, I think, yeah, because he was a break up at the time, and he penned a lot of this um it, it it's it's one of the best ballads and when you listen to the um the studio version, you know it just it kind of like what is the one it's just a roller coaster, especially that second verse, which is uh my favorite lyric, you know. You know my hands are dirty, but I wanted to be your Valentine. And when you get thirsty, I'll be the wine. Um, you know, I just that just it is amazing. You know, and it's you know all about being there for someone and giving your all. And you know, what's your take on it?
1: Uh, I think it, it's it's like a a roller coaster of like what relationships can be, and. Um, my favorite part of the song lyrically is the, I know, you know, we've had some good times. They have their own hiding place. I can promise you tomorrow, but I can't buy back yesterday. Kind of a thing. And I think, you know, just everybody has that personal relationship. And I think goes through that where, you know, you feel like love, but then there's that, that separation. Kind of, That's just what it feels like to me. And I think that's why so many people love it. And it's such a great song. And, you know, talking about their personal relationship you know now kind of a thing i think looking back it's funny how you know they were the two writers of the song and kind of how that whole situation played out in the end the last few years but you know how they were like the, probably the greatest duo you know songwriters i think and now they're you don't see them together much anymore
0: so, yeah you know I, i'm glad you kind of mentioned about the last few years of the song because my favorite performance of this song. Well, I like the nineteen eighty nine Philadelphia performance, but
1: I love the twenty thirteen Cleveland.
0: That one's okay. I, I like it, but my favorite is actually the two thousand eleven performance, and it was in New York. And I think I was actually at that show. I can't remember. um No, I don't think I was at that show. It was Saratoga, I think, oh, and man. it was just when Richie was in rehab and mm-hmm. was stepping in, and you have you seen this video
1: yeah where he puts the the uh the bon jovi dolls on the guitar while he's playing that i was, think that was in milwaukee that was in columbus.
0: that was in columbus or, i was milwaukee. at that
1: show okay
0: i actually know the girl who made those dolls but that's another story yeah. no but this one was in saratoga and i think it was like a show or two after richie was in rehab okay and you just see the pain and emotion and John performing that song all by himself because he's on the circle stage. And, uh, you know, that video, you're going to have to check it out because it yeah. is just incredible. In Saratoga,
1: in Saratoga 2011.
0: Because, yeah. okay. John, you know, that's just John and Richie's song, you know, when they're on the circle and blah, blah, blah. And you just you feel the pain in that song. And one other thing that I love about this performance live through, through any kind of performance of this song is the ad lib sometimes at the end. You know, you know, like how he does it with, all, with Always. Mm-hmm. We'll also include that, you know, through the wind, through the snow, through the driving rain, you know, he's also done that with I'll Be There For You. Yeah. Uh, the year. So
1: I like that. Yeah. Uh, and live too when they implement the whole crowd doing the O the of oh, the song. Oh and yeah. Out and when, it, when I was saying my favorite uh, live performance is 2013 Cleveland, when they finished the song and John's still out in the circle, and he's playing an acoustic guitar and the whole crowd's going oh and then he comes back and finishes it again with I'll be there for you and then the band finishes like that's my favorite performance yeah. one of uh, Richie's last performances with the band
0: yep that was actually that Cleveland show too yeah. uh, actually I think that was actually the last time I saw I saw Richie maybe I, I, never, been- I never got to see him <laughs> oh man that's a conversation for um, run low on time here so let's go on the next track uh which is 99 in the shade which is written by john and when i was a kid and i was discovering bon jovi i couldn't get into this song but when i became a teenager i could relate to the song you know i think the song is all about letting loose and being with your friends and just having a good time um and i think it was also another song about tommy and gina You know, like there's a lyric in there. Somebody tells me even Tommy's coming down tonight if Gina says it's all right. You know, so you kind of see a continuation of Tommy and Gina. Like I said, it was indirectly a continuation of Tommy and Gina and Born to Be My Baby. But 99 99 was a kind of a direct uh, continuation of Tommy and Gina, if that makes sense, in a way. You know, like their lives after Living on Prayer, you know? Mm Mm-hmm makes sense maybe i look too far into depth with it but
1: yeah no i always got the the party feel to the song and yep. for me it's i got the the vibe of wild in the streets but more poppy yeah yeah and uh you know for me it's it's my least favorite song on the on the album but that doesn't mean i don't like it but also yeah. it's it's the one that places last on it for me um, but you know, it's, it does have that you know, that radio blasting feel to it, and that's actually my favorite part in the song. it was tell the boy, well, that part of the chorus, I got my uh, got the radio blast into my old man Chevrolet Chevrolet. That's my favorite part because I do that all the time in my truck with music, and I just blast when the summertime, roll the windows down kind of a yeah. thing. That's always, my favorite that, lyric, too. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: let's go to the next one, uh, Love for Sale, which is the final track of the album. It was written by John and Richie. Uh, it it's a fun song. I think it's more of like, like, um, right cowboy, right where it's just, it's off the cuff and it's just, that's to see where it takes us. And you kind of get that, you know, towards the end, like, you know, the, Hey, I got to go and blah, blah, blah. But it, it, I think they also tried the same thing with the keep the faith album with a little bit of soul. So they're kind of, I think they were trying something with New Jersey and keep the faith with finishing the album of just yeah. being in the studio and just, Hey, here, let's, make up a song on off the cuff in a way. Um, I love the way that they've done this live a few times, especially on uh, this left feels right show mm-hmm. when they were in Atlantic city, the way that they did that uh, also on the circle tour in 2010, uh, when they were all on the stage and you had Tico with the squeeze box and stuff like that. Um, I never really understood what this song was about either. Uh, I, I think it's kind of like it on it either.
1: Yeah, it's just like,
0: like looking for love or sex. I think yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, kind of telling
1: a story, but with, without like a story to the story, it feels like yeah.
0: You know, I think it's just about hey, I'm looking for love tonight. Yeah, you know. But uh, you know, my my favorite lyric of this is you can't shop for love when you're shopping at Sears. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like looking for you know, I don't want to say it is, but I, I feel like it's a way of like you're so desperate and I'm not saying that they were desperate for prostitutes or anything, but I kind of like feel yeah, like
1: I to it. Yeah.
0: I love anywhere else you can go to prostitution and I think Sears is a metaphor for prostitution. That's yeah. just, I'm probably wrong, but that's just how I. It,
1: it, it's a tell of the times though, because you know, Sears isn't that big anymore, but you know, so people looking back on this, they're like, like what's Sears? Sears? Oh,
0: <laughs> what's that? <laughs> so, you know, but, uh do you have any takes on this song
1: uh you know no no real takes on it i love the song i just love the acoustic vibe to it you know richie's powerful playing on the acoustic guitar with it but they're just kind of you know you know vibing off one another and feeding off the way they're going and my actual favorite performance of it is their uh unplugged live version that's my favorite and then they you know they kind of go off script and do the l o v e love you know that's my favorite performance of it so it's a cool song and it's a cool way to end the album and kind of you know introduce the next part of you know the way the band started writing music and performing music so all in all i think that really captures uh the way the album you know start to finish that song for me and that tour (laughs)
0: yeah you know, over overall, this this album is just it, it, it's amazing. You know, and they did they they proved that they weren't a fluke because this was just a monster album. And I think it was, you know, so, I I like it better than Slippery, to be honest. Yeah, me
1: too. this is my third favorite album.
0: Yeah, um, you know, and hopefully one day you know we get uh, to hear a live album from this tour because there's such a good great tour. Obviously, you know, they were worn down and by the middle of it, but. You know, there's, there's so much potential from this album. So, um, but anyway, you know, uh, stay on. I'm going to end the recording, but I want to thank you uh, for coming on today. Uh, you know, again, you know, thank you for your service in the Air Force, you know, um, and uh, it was great having you on. You know, I want to have you on again sometime and just kind of talk about you being a fan of just random stuff. And
1: good,
0: yeah. uh, so, again, thank you for coming on today. I no, appreciate thanks it.
1: for having me on. Appreciate
0: it. All right. Thanks, buddy.